What's up, fantasy fans? This is the League of Leagues podcast, a fantasy football podcast, and I'm your host, Scott Aliali. Today is Wednesday, July 8th, White Claw Wednesday, and this is episode 8 of our summer interview series. We're just going to go ahead and dive on into it. We're going to spend some time on Rivas Island today. The champ's here. <laughs> Welcome Cedric Rivas to the show, defending League of Leagues champion from the 2019 season. How's it going, Cedric? Good, man. Great to be here. Good to see you. Good to see you. How'd you spend your 4th of July weekend? Ah, man, it was great. You know, coming off of that uh, January title win, the 4th of July, getting closer to the fantasy season, it's just making it even better. So you've been celebrating your fantasy championship for seven months. I have, man. Every... <laughs> Every, every week, I'm just happy. Waking up, getting that much closer to the draft, just uh, waiting to buy your dress. Yeah, it's been a while. I remember what it was like to wake up knowing that trophy's sitting there on the mantle. So congratulations again. But we're on to a new year. It's 2020. Um, we all kind of know what 2020 has been like. So let's kind of start off with that. We've been having a couple of conversations over the last couple of weeks about the COVID update, the NFL season, how that's shaping up. Um, now you have recently Bill Cower, Rodney Harrison, they're coming on and they're talking about how they don't know how a football season is going to be played. What's your gut reaction right now? Are we going to have a football season this year and what's it going to look like? I think we will still have a fantasy season or a regular football season. Um, obviously with Rodney Harrison, Bill Cower, you know, they're, they got to spew out that narrative as well, trying to identify if there's going to be a season or not. Um, it's just, again, other people have said it's too big of a business to not go on with. Um, hopefully, you know, with the NBA starting, I think if that f- goes through, NBA games start happening, I think football is just going to follow suit. Yeah, one thing that I've been thinking about is the way the NBA and the MLB have been positioning their comeback to, to uh, return the game. Um, they're talking about how if a player's diagnosed with COVID, then they have to sit out for a couple of weeks. The NFL's kind of said the same thing. But imagine if 10 people on the NFL squad say the offensive line, right? They catch COVID and they say they're out for two weeks. I don't really see how that's possible to operate within a system like that. So one idea I want to throw out there is protecting the coaches, the older staff members that could be a little bit more susceptible to the virus, having the players opt in and out of playing, and then maybe at the, at the point in time in September when the season rolls on, um, it's just a matter of we're living with this and what happens happens and players are kind of opting in and out and we're protecting the most vulnerable. So something to think about. No one's really talking about that. You know, people could look at me and say I'm crazy, but that's kind of been in the back of my mind as a potential solution. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the NFL is going to have some type of preventative measures especially for the coaches the older players I mean, you got to make sure they stay protected you got get it. one coach you know affected by it positive case i mean it could leak over domino effect and player other players get it so gotta gotta protect vic fangio that's yeah. for sure <laughs> so let's talk about the recent news from about a week ago cam newton signing with the patriots i gave my reaction on the podcast last week I think it's a little bit of a reach by the Patriots. I actually am, as a Dolphins fan, glad they signed Cam Newton because it kind of takes them out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes because if he comes into the to the whatever team he goes into, he I think he's going to be a rock star. So it kind of takes the Patriots out of that equation. What's your reaction to the Cam signing? Um, I wouldn't really call it too much of a reach. Um, I was actually expecting Cam to sign with the Patriots for. You know, after once they um, the Panthers released Cam, I was thinking already Cam's going to end up with the Patriots. Wow. Perfect. Do we have you on record saying that anywhere? Uh, I don't know. I think I might have 
talk to Matt about it. You know, you might have, we have to get some proof of life on that on that comment. Yeah, there, but, but that cool. was that was always my suspicion. I'm thinking Cam, perfect spot going to the Patriots. Uh, you know, he'll be playing with an amazing offensive line under the greatest one of the the greatest coach in football history, I think. And it's just going to make it easier on him. So Cam right now, ECR 15. To me, he's more of a streaming quarterback. But ECR 15 puts him as a high-end QB2. Where do you see Cam landing in the, the quarterback field for 2020? Um, I think the 15's a good spot, ECR-wise. So you agree with the experts? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I could see him you know, ending up being... A little bit higher, you know, right right outside of the uh, top 10 bubble, you know, 12 spot maybe. But that's where I'm thinking the 15 draft-wise. I think that's a good spot for him just because, you know, new team, you don't know how he's really going to be doing a new team if the injuries are going to be coming back and, and drawing him back even more. We'll see if he even gets a starting job over Stidham. I obviously think that, that he will, but... Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the first step right there. Belichick yeah. can be a little bit of a wild card, right? Yep. So let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about your background within just football in general. You grew up in upstate New York, but you're a Rams fan. Help connect the dots for us. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, grew up upstate New York, a uh, little town two hours, away, two hours away from Buffalo. So I, you know, was watching the Buffalo Bills. Orchard Park. Orchard Park. And it was great times um, at that age, just watching the Bills. I mean, great times. To a certain degree. I mean, getting to the four straight Super Bowls, but also not coming out with a one victory. Uh, that hurt a little bit. But, um, yeah, from there, um, moved out to Cali in about 94. And at that time, really wasn't watching too much football. So, I, you know, wasn't a full Buffalo Bills fan. And I think by the time my senior year rolled around, um, junior, senior year, I decided, you know, it's like, okay, I got to find a new team. I never saw the Bills, never got to see them on TV. We didn't have, uh, you know, the direct TV football packages where I can watch any team. So um, that time, you know, I decided to uh, go for an underdog team. And Rams weren't playing too hot during that period. So I decided to become a Rams fan. Um, and ended up being a perfect time to become a Rams fan because I think after uh, one year later, that's when uh, we started getting the uh, greatest show on turf. Mm-hmm. Everything came came together. Trent Green got hurt. You still have your Oz Azir Hakeem oh, jersey in the, uh, in the basement. I love Oz. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I was big Aeneas Williams fan. Yeah. Isaac Bruce, Tory Hole. It was just amazing getting Marshall Falk in there. It was great timing to be a Rams fan. Started with a big high, um, you know, after Dick Vermeil left, got Mike Martz and, you know, was hoping for good things. 2002, I was hoping for the, the you know, Super Bowl championships. Um, but, you know, the Patriots took that and the rest is history. The rest is history. They started downfall from there and rebuilding and at least yeah 2018 came around and once again the Patriots uh, knocked the Rams out of the Super Bowl. So there's a great parallel coming up later in our conversation about your your history becoming a Rams fan and your history within the League of Leagues but before we get to that uh, what else does the fantasy world need to know about Rivas Island and how how did you get into the League of Leagues? Uh, well I, I probably started doing uh, fantasy in 2006 so you guys have a 
you know, more years ahead of me, probably at least nine, 10 years, you know, more experience. So 2006, I mean, my friends decided to start doing fantasy football. Actually, one of my friends brought it up. I had no idea what the hell it was. Um, you know, did that for a couple years, uh, playing 14 and 16 team leagues, which is too watered down for, for getting uh, solid teams. Um, and then 2009, 2009 came around and um, Matt asked me to be in this, uh, the B plus league. The uh, League of Leagues Development the Junior League. Varsity League. Junior Varsity League. Uh, so I joined in and easily swept through that, took uh, the championship in that league. Uh, so that led me to get into the uh, League of Leagues. So one year later, um, actually what happened, I started researching and, and trying to identify, you know, what year I got in. Came into League of League of 2010, uh, reading through all the, uh, the messages on Yahoo that are still there. And um, found out that actually I was called up four days before the draft. Wow. Four days. So I didn't have Happy much time to prepare. anniversary too. Yeah. Yeah. So it was nice to find out. But it's funny. So I was reading through the message history and um, found that a Bob was in the league. And by chance, uh, he had some golf tournament out in Utah. Yes. And... You know, you guys decided to say, hey, you have to be here for the draft. If you can't be here for the draft, then you're out. And at that point, yeah, um, I think Matt was managing or, yeah, yeah, managing the league, asked me to be in it. I said yes. So, I mean, credential-wise, it was just uh, – I think I got him because, one, winning the uh, the developmental league <laughs> and, two, being his brother. You had to mom. earn it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Earning it is always the right way to, to do anything. So glad – Glad to have you in the league. It's been 10 years. Happy 10-year anniversary. You mentioned Matt's name before, so I'm going to talk a little bit more about, about not necessarily Matt, but the wedding that he had and the, the reception that he had and the speech that you gave. You mentioned the society, which is kind of the way that you'd sum up how you describe our league. Um, I, if I had that speech recorded, I'd play it here for the podcast, but why don't you summarize it for us? Oh, I, I'm actually glad no one has a recording. Well, hopefully there's not a recording. So, yeah, the the society. So that came up through the speech. Um, wasn't my, my best speech. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty hammered at that point. Uh, you know, kept on getting drinks fed to me, and then I wasn't even supposed to give a speech. I can't remember if it was Matt wanting everybody to give a speech or... Too many or, white claws? Or you, yeah, too many white claws. <laughs> or you saying, hey, everybody else, you got to make a speech for Matt. So I'm up there making a speech, not knowing where to start or how to end it. And, you know, I wanted to bring in talking about the league and talking about the friendships I made with all you guys and how Matt brought me in. And instead of just using Fantasy Football League... It just came out as group, you know, a special group came out as being in the society. So that's secret society. Secret society. Yeah. That's right. The secret society. You know, it was uh, how, how everybody brought, you know, mentioned it to me or how Matt mentioned it to me was just like, hey, you know, there's great fantasy football team, you know, better than what you're going to be in in any other fantasy football league. You know, everybody wants to be in it. So I, I just took it as the secret society. So the rule of thumb there is is do your fantasy league with people that you know. Yep. Keep that longevity going with those same group of people and try to find ways to keep your league fresh. We've talked about that many times on, on the show here. And that's one of the positives. I mean, the it's true. I mean, this league is the best league that I'm in. I'm always trying to keep it fresh. There's always new rules being voted in. So it's it's definitely a 
by far the, the best league that I've been part of. And one way to do that is for everybody to make a contribution to draft day, right? So whether you have 10 or 12 people in your league, you have those 10 or 12 people bring some, something distinguished to the table. One year you brought jello shots, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think a couple of us may have had too many jello shots. He and kind still of... blames me for uh, <laughs> his draft decisions, but yeah, I call draft... BS. He didn't take as many shots as everybody else. Drafting but... a kicker in the eighth <laughs> round because of jello shots, that, that, that's kind of what would happen if you took too many of those down. So anyways, um, go, let's talk about the parallel that you that you – Mentioned earlier about your your Rams fandom, the fantasy football parallel with that. Um, you've had your own kind of worst to first. You've worn the dress in our league a couple times, but you won the league last year. Walk us through your fantasy highs and lows. So lows, definitely. I mean, wearing the dress two times. I even hate to say it. I hate saying that. Worn the dress two times. Uh, both both times I wore the dress pretty much came around the same way. So first year, I think I came from a 4-3 record, and all of a sudden I went on a six-game losing streak to lose the uh, end of season. Uh, and actually, I was fighting with you for that last place spot that year. Uh, and, you know, between those, those last six weeks, you, you snagged up a final win. I think it was uh, two weeks before the end of the season. You, you snagged that final win in to, to beat me out of the dress. Um, second year, 2017, I think that was a little bit lower uh, on the scale for me. Uh, so that year, same thing. I mean, I was at four and two, went on a seven game losing streak to end the season. It's tough. You know, you're, you're just thinking by, even by just luck, I get an extra win going on six or seven game losing streaks just seems impossible to do. Um, but what makes it worse was my, my draft decision. So... That year, I, I wanted to take Todd Gurley in the second round. And it was just with McVay coming in, just the unknowns. I wasn't sure. It's like, is it going to be the same Todd Gurley as the year before? Uh, you know, I don't know how the team was going to do. So instead of taking uh, Todd Gurley as the, my second, yeah, pick number two in the second round, I decided to go with uh, Brandon Cooks. Ooh. Big mistake. I... I Talked myself up with Brandon Cooks. You know, he, he had joined with the uh, Patriots. I'm like thinking oh, it's going to be perfect. Tom Brady just dishing out touchdowns. You, to saw, you, saw, you saw something that didn't I saw play out something. My gut was saying Gurley, but I ended up going with Brandon Cooks instead. Uh, you actually end up, you know, wound up getting Gurley as the eighth pick in the second round. That year, Cooks ended the season with, you know, 65 receptions, you know, 1,082 yards with seven touchdowns. Gurley, of course, had his monster year. Gurley crushed it that year. It was great. Huge year. Yeah. 1,300 yards rushing, 780 yards receiving, 19 total touchdowns. Yes. You know, 13 on the ground, 6 in the air. And I, I think if I had Gurley, if I went with my gut, I would have avoided the dress. But so lesson learned? Lesson learned. Go with your gut. <laughs> Got it. Back to, let's go back to the highs. Uh, you won the league last year. I'm just going to open form. Go for it. What was the differentiator? So... Obviously, winning the chip is just amazing. Amazing feeling. I mean, it was took me nine years to do it. And what made it even better was, was beating Mark out. I didn't want a newer guy getting the trophy before I did. It's just one of those like things. It's just like, no, I got to win the trophy before someone else does, you know, before a newer person wins. Right. So playing, you know, beating out Mark, you know, that, that was... Uh, Exciting. I was kind of nervous about it because I lost uh, Dalvin Cook with an injury. 
And, you know, I had Lamar Jackson and he had Christian McCaffrey. And things played out where where McCaffrey didn't didn't have a monster uh, week. And I ended up getting the championship. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the high with that, um, which led to that, I think the year before. Yeah, I mean, definitely the year before I, I drafted Nick Chubb, 11th round, our keeper league. Yep. Our, our keeper round, I mean. And having Nick Chubb drafted in the eighth eighth round for 2019, that took off the uh, the pressure of trying to draft solid running backs. Um, so I got Nick Chubb in the eighth round, and then for that year, things just fell in place. I was thinking about picking Devin Singletary as my keeper in the eleventh round. Um, you know, hoping still plan on getting Lamar Jackson, but uh, Matt ended up getting Devin Singletary right before me. And so then I decided to take Lamar Jackson in the 11th. And that was just a home run pick right there. I yeah, mean, and as a reminder for, for the audience, in our league, if you draft a player on the 11th round or later, you have the option to keep that player if you've held him onto the roster the entire year. And in, for your next year's draft, you would lose the draft position three positions ahead of that. So in this example, Cedric drafted Nick Chubb with the 11th round pick. He kept Nick Chubb on his roster for the entire year. And then the following year's draft, he gave up his eighth-round pick to keep him. In that draft, he was probably, what, a second-round pick? Yep. That'll do it for you. But who's your MVP? Uh, for for all-around, all-seasons? All-season. For 2019. For two, the winning oh, season. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, 100%. I, I baited mean, you into that. Yeah. So you have Lamar Jackson as your keeper going into 2020, right? You drafted him in the 11th round. Yep, yep. He's going to be my keeper this year. I'm going to take him, you know, in the 8th round this year. So that's a segue into draft day strategy, okay? Um, Most fantasy podcasts, most fantasy advice out there says wait to take your quarterbacks. But there's clearly two quarterbacks this year that stand out from the remaining of the pack. That's Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And since you're not going to be giving anything away, since we already know you're going to be keeping Lamar Jackson, when is the right time to draft a quarterback in the 2020 fantasy draft? Uh, so I agree, wait till later normally for, for quarterbacks. Um, you, want to, you want to go ahead and draft your solid players, your workhorses, the running backs, um, you know, top tier wide receivers that can help you out more. Um, but with La, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, those are, I'd have to say, the earliest I would would be late third round, um, starting wise. Yep. Uh, and because you, yeah, had Lamar Jackson awesome year, but is he gonna repeat what he did that year? Maybe not. I mean, his numbers could drop. So trying to to pick him up as early as the second round, where he's going in some you know some mock drafts now, it's just yeah, you're wasting certain you know. You could be wasting a good pick on a, a on a solid wide receiver or a running back. Yeah. So I, I would wait still. But for those guys, you know, end of third, early fourth, I think would be okay for those. It's July, so it's the start of mock draft season. And the way the mock drafts are kind of landing right now, that late third, 
early fourth round, you start getting around the area of what we call in the fantasy world the trap backs, where you draft a running back that stays on your roster, you play him every week, and you just grow frustrated with him, but you feel trapped because he's a name that you have to put in to your starting lineup. And those are some of the guys this year, like Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, uh, maybe some of the rookies that you don't really know if they're going to get the starting role, if they're going to be a workhorse, if they're going to be in a timeshare. Uh, so I tend to agree with you because if you get that positional advantage with taking a Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes and you're winning that positional battle in, in your weekly matchups by, say, 10 to 15 points, that could be a differentiator in, yeah. the, in, the, in the way the season unfolds. Absolutely. Awesome. So want to talk some Rams football? Rams. Let's do it. Let's do let's it. Let's do a Rams deep dive. Um, let's start with the quarterback position. Jared Goff, he's ECR QB 19. Two years ago, Jared Goff tore it up. Um, he was a fantasy star. He, he got people their championships. He was throwing the ball left and right. The offensive line was solid. The Rams were on fire. Um, the Rams went to the Super Bowl that year. So how do you feel about Jared Goff coming off two years ago, an awesome season last year, just a dreadful season? What are you thinking for 2020? Um, I mean, truth be told, I've never been a Jared Goff believer. Um, you know, 2018 obviously proved me wrong, had an amazing year. Uh, 2019, you know, could be the uh, offensive line, of course, uh, going down a little bit. But he still, I mean, played the pocket pretty well and was able to dish out. But he just didn't, you know, didn't produce, didn't have numbers that he did the year before. Um, QB 19... I can see him being, you know, QB nineteen. I, I, I probably would wait on drafting him myself. I don't think I'd want him. I'd, I'd want to draft him on my team. Um, I, I'd pass by him, pick up someone else. Um, but that's just maybe still because I don't know, just my early on feelings about him. Saying sure, I, I'm, j- I just, I still don't believe him. You know, I'd, I'd rather find a, a different quarterback. He's being drafted under Big Ben, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield. He's being drafted. Over Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G. Where do you see him stack up in those names? Uh, that's a tough question. I mean, right there, yeah. I mean, because Big Ben will definitely, I mean, if he stays healthy, he, he's just a dominant player. So I think he's still above Todd Gurley. I mean, above Jared Goff. Um, Joe Burrow, I think, would be interesting to see. Um, excited to see him, what, what he's going to be doing with Cincinnati. Um, but with those list of names, I think that's a tough decision. It's I mean, kind of the muddled I, I, middle I, yeah, of the QB2s, yeah, right? Yeah, I'd have a tough time deciding who I'd pick between you know, that list right there. Got it. In, in my mind, I, I think Big Ben, I, I agree. He has more upside. He's shown it before. He has a history of that. I'm staying away from Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. As a guy that's probably seen more Ryan Tannehill football than anyone ever should in their life, I would stay away from Ryan Tannehill. Um, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G probably sound right around where jo- Jared Goff really yeah. is. I'd consider Jimmy G over, over Jared Goff, but yeah. You know, but you don't feel that good about it? No, no, I wouldn't feel confident. You wouldn't, you wouldn't sleep well at night? No. <laughs> the running back. So you have to demystify the running back situation in, in the Rams roster here. You have Cam Akers, rookie from Florida State, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown returning, Cam Akers is currently running back 28, Daryl Henderson running back 46, Malcolm Brown running back 59. Tell me who's going to be the lead back on this team based on what you know today, and where's the value in those three different running backs? Um, I'd have to say 
Daryl Henderson, but maybe for the first couple weeks. Still get, you know, Cam Akers, I'm excited about seeing what he's going to be doing. But Henderson, I think he's going to be the lead back for, for the first couple of weeks. But in the end, Cam Akers is going to be uh, taking over the job. Um, Malcolm Brown, I, you know, great, great to have him, but he's not going to be a threat to, to take over the uh, lead spot there. So if you're going to have to draft someone, though, I guess it kind of depends on how your roster's constructed, yeah, right? Drafting-wise, need... I'd, I'd take Cam Akers over over Daryl Henderson for sure. Got it. So Cam Akers currently being drafted over Kareem Hunt, Sony Michelle, Jordan Howard, being drafted under Swift, Singletary, Raheem Mostert. Any names that kind of jump out to you? No one that special right there for me. I mean, I'd take the gamble on Cam Akers over them. Mostert, I mean, he's in a committee, you know, crew out there in uh, with the uh, 49ers. Singletary, I think he could still produce, but he's out of the question. I mean, at least for our draft, I know probably Matt's going to be taking him as his, as his keeper. But I'd, you know, I, I, I'd still, I still think Singletary has a uh, better work than what he did last year. I know a lot of people are down on him, but I think he can still uh, produce a little bit more. Um, and yeah, Jordan Howard, uh, Sonny Michelle would be interesting to see if uh, if he can catch Patriots the ball, get some yeah. targets, right? Yeah, see what he does with uh, Cam Newton. You know, it could be okay now that the Patriots have Cam Newton, who can uh, move around a little bit more. Are they going to drop any of their other uh, running backs that they have? If so, if they do, then Sonny Michelle would be definitely uh, a little bit higher in my book. Got it. And then Malcolm Brown, just don't even bother with him, right? No. Wide receivers. So Bob Woods and Cooper Cup are literally like right next to each other. Bob Woods, wide receiver 18. Cooper Cup, wide receiver 16. Cooper Cup last year tore it up in the beginning of the season and then got injured and kind of went away towards the back half of the season. The team also changed the dynamic of how they were running their offense, which may have impacted that. Uh, Bob Woods and Cooper Cup are now the two main guys because there's no more Brandon Cooks. No more Brandon. Right? You got How Josh you, Reynolds there. You got three. Josh Reynolds. And we're going to get to Josh Reynolds in a second because he's in a different tier than the other two guys. With Brandon Cooks now out of the picture, how do you feel about Bob Woods, Cooper Cup, and fantasy in general? And which one is the right one to draft? Uh, I would say Woods would be uh, – I'd take him over Cooper Cup. Myself, I think he's a he has a better hands. Um, Cup is good. I I, I think uh, Jared Goff looks at Cup a little bit more in the in the red zone, but Robert Woods is just going to be getting you those those yards. I think he's going to be getting uh, more looks on the field, and um, I, I'd still yeah I'd go with Robert Woods over Cooper Cup. Do you like Bob Woods better than Cortland Sutton, Tyler Lockett? Keenan Allen, do you like him better than all those guys? I do. I do. I would normally say Keenan Allen, but getting a new quarterback now this year, I, I just don't – yeah, I don't see him outproducing uh, Bob Woods there. Do you like Bob Woods or do you like Calvin Ridley, A.J. Brown, or D.J. Moore because he's being drafted right under those guys? That's a, that's a tough one right there. So I think D.J. Moore is an interesting one, right? You know, interesting pick. Um, I could see DJ Moore being a, a home run hitter to pick up. Uh, I think I'd probably gamble on DJ Moore over uh, Bob Woods at that point. Um, you know, it's going to be 
interesting to see what um, Teddy Bridgewater does over there. I'm not 100% sold on Teddy Bridgewater, but I mean, DJ Moore is just a beast. I think he, he's young, he's quick, he's efficient. I think he can, he can definitely do some damage. Got some Kool Aid in you for DJ Moore. Oh yeah, we'll definitely get to that. We'll get, that, get to that in a little bit. All right, Josh Reynolds, wide receiver, eighty-two according to ECR, with no Brandon Cooks there, he steps into pretty much a starting role, right? Because the 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 Rams like to run three wide receiver sets. I can't remember how they changed the offense later in the season, so definitely go back and take a look at what they ran um, later in the season if they had those three wide receivers on the field. If they do, Josh Reynolds starts. He gets into an opportunity, right? An opportunity he's never had before. He's currently being drafted over Miles Boykin, Traquan Smith, Albert Wilson. He's being drafted under Danny Amendola, um, Kenny Stills, Devin Funches. I don't like any of those names. No. I'd rather have Josh Reynolds. He feels yeah. like an upside guy to me based on where he's being drafted, according to ECR. What do you think? I 100% agree with you. None of those names that you just listed there like excite me at all. So Josh Reynolds, Josh a deep, deeper Reynolds. upside guy. Yes, absolutely. Got it. Got it. All right, and a guy that's being talked about a lot in the fantasy football world, more than I would really have anticipated him being talked about, Tyler Higby, tight end eight. Gerald Everett is still around. How do you feel about Tyler Higby at, at tight end eight? He was tight end eight last year, by the way. I now. think that's too high. I, I would wait on, on Tyler Higby. I mean, like you said, Gerald Everett's still there. Um Yes, he started getting looks, but this is towards the end of the season, you know, the last, you know, whatever it was, I think six weeks, five weeks, that's where he started producing. And I don't think he's going to be repeating those numbers that he was getting at the end of the season. So ECR has Higby over Jared Cook, Rob Gronkowski, and Austin Hooper. I take Cook and Hooper both over Higby, but what do you think? I 100% Cook. All right, yeah. so you're passing on the Higby. Yeah, yeah. I like Cook and, and Drew Brees, that combo. He loves throwing to, to Cook, and, you know, he's a good deep threat as well. So I'd take Cook over, over Higby. Where do the Rams finish the year? Oh, man. Playoffs um, or no playoffs? Unfortunately, I'd have to say no playoffs. They got a tough division, right? They got a tough division, man. It's going to be tough to get through all that. Yeah. Even, you know, Cardinals are going to be scarier now with uh, – with DeAndre Hopkins over there. So, yeah, unfortunately, I just don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I'd love it, but... McVay was the hot talk of the town for a while there, right? He was supposed to be the next Bill Belichick-type disciple-type guy, but... Yeah, the savior. Yeah, the narrative changes real quick in the NFL, doesn't it? Yeah, I, ho- I hope they do. I mean, obviously, we'd love to see him in the playoffs, but I just don't see it happening this year. All right, in this next segment, I'm going to call it the Kool-Aid segment. Okay, so these are the guys that are being talked about very highly in the fantasy world. Um, We'll get into the reasons why as we discuss each one of them. But I want to know as we go through each one of these names if you're drinking the Kool-Aid or or if you're passing on the Kool-Aid. All right. So let's first talk about Kenyon Drake. He's ECR running back nine. In 2019, he was the running back 15. Are you drinking or not drinking the Kool-Aid? I'll be sipping the Kool-Aid on that one. That's a weak response. <laughs> you're either chugging it or you're passing on no, it. No, I'll chug it. I'll chug it. Chugging the Kool-Aid. Tell me why. I think it's a good setup right now for, for Drake. Um, one, I mean, first of all, they got rid of uh, – Are you calling him on his cell phone? I am. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they got rid of David Johnson. That's huge right there already. Yep. Two, they got, as I just mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins. 
So having that deep threat, that's going to be preventing defenses from, from you know, loading the box up and, and focusing on Drake. So I think with that and then also uh, with Murray, uh, he's also a mobile quarterback right there. It's going to be a, a good setup for, for Drake to do well. Uh, so I'm, I'll, I'll drink the Kool-Aid. Definitely drinking the Kool-Aid with Drake. Kenyon Drake currently being drafted over, according to ECR, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler. Those are some really good fantasy names that you're passing on to draft a guy like Kenyon Drake. One comment that I'll throw in there as a Dolphins fan, having seen Kenyon Drake, a lot of his action when he first came into the league, for some reason he gets passed on by multiple coaching staffs for the other guy on the roster. I can't put my finger on why. I don't know if it's a personality issue, if he's a, he's a bad locker room guy, but he he always will have a moment in my heart from the Miami Miracle. <laughs> and I will say that I've always thought of Kenyon Drake being one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL. He always makes a guy miss, but for some reason he's just not trusted on the field. And I and I and I really don't don't know the reason why. So maybe we get to see what he's all about in Arizona this year in 2020. Yep. So next guy we'll talk about is Miles Sanders. Drinking the Kool-Aid or not drinking the Kool-Aid. Right now, ECR running back 11. In 2019, he was running back 16. Uh, not drinking the Kool-Aid. Not drinking it. Nope. Tell me why. Um, he just doesn't get enough touches in that system. Uh, even with Jordan Howard gone, you're not drinking the Kool-Aid? No, no. I still don't think he's going to be getting many touches to be uh, pro- you know, producing high numbers at, at, that, at that level. Um, and the Eagles have had a history of not using a workhorse back under the Doug Peterson regime. Yeah. So that's true. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Miles Sanders currently being drafted over Aaron Jones, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Chris Carson, also big names. You like any of those three names better than you like Miles Sanders? Uh I I'd take I'd take Jones and and Clyde, yeah. Okay. You like the upside of Clyde? Yep. Let's move over to the receiver slot right now. Drinking the Kool-Aid or not drinking the Kool-Aid on A.J. Brown, ECR, wide receiver 15, 2019, wide receiver 14. Drinking the Kool-Aid. I, I think he's quick guy. He's, uh, I think I was looking at it. He averages uh, 20 yards per reception. Uh, great numbers to have. Um, you know, especially with uh, Tannehill, again, it's the questionable part of it. But I think if Tannehill's reproducing what it did last year, uh, it's going to be great for A.J. Brown. He, he's, you know, their, their lead receiver out there. Corey Davis isn't going to be a threat at all for him. So I, I think, yeah. <laughs> There's so many people have been scarred by Corey <laughs> Davis, that's for sure. So A.J. Brown, if you're going to draft a receiver that high, I want to be confident in the quarterback. And I'll go back to the comments I made about Ryan Tannehill early, earlier. He's great when everything is working around him. He's a great quarterback. And last year in Tennessee, the running game was working. The offensive line was working. Everything was working around him, right? Right. So there might be some volatility there if the running game and offensive line aren't performing the way that they were performing in 2019. Yeah, and I hear you on that. You want to make sure that the quarterback's doing, you know, you can trust a quarterback. But at the same time, I mean, look at DeAndre Hopkins, who who we worked with before in the Texans. He was always being, you know, like first-round wide receiver. So he's still producing even with you know, terrible quarterbacks that he's had. You like A.J. Brown over Calvin Ridley, over Bob Woods, over Keenan Allen. You I like do. Him over all those guys. I do. Okay, so you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Yep. You're chugging that Kool-Aid. Hopefully it spiked. All right. 
Next receiver, I think you already alluded to drinking the Kool-Aid here, but let's do a pulse check on him. DJ Moore, ECR, wide receiver 14. 2019, he was the wide receiver 18. Confirmation of drinking the Kool-Aid? Confirmation. Okay. Confirmation. Young even guy, with a new quarterback, even with a new coach? I'm still drinking it. Got it. I think he's, it's going to fit well with uh, Bridgewater. Uh, again, it's just I hope Bridgewater uh, is, is as good as a lot of people are hyping up to be and still, you know, what he was doing with the, uh, the Saints last year when he – those few weeks that he started over uh, Breeze when he was hurt. Um, and I think it can just be a great, great part for uh, DJ Moore and Bridgewater being together. So he's right next to A.J. Brown in drafts. They're literally wide receiver 14 and wide receiver 15. You're on the clock. The clock's running out. Moore or A.J. Brown? DJ. Got it. Yep. Okay. All right, moving on to the quarterback position. Dak Prescott, QB3, 2019, he was the QB2. Do you like Dak Prescott? Uh, not drinking the Kool-Aid. Not drinking the Kool-Aid. No, no. Even Jerry Jones thinks he's going to be, like, the man for the team. He would have signed him up, like, taken care of him, paid him out, like, quickly. Yeah. So, I mean, can he do good things? Yes. He's got a lot of weapons on that has, team. Has definite weapons. Not going to, you know, not going to deny that. But as being your, your number one quarterback, no. All right. Price tag's too high for you. Yes. All right. Kyler Murray, QB5, according to ECR. 2019, he was the QB9. It seems like everyone in Arizona is being propped up right now in ECR world and fantasy world. What about Kyler Murray? Drinking or not drinking the Kool-Aid? Not drinking. No. I mean... Great move. Is it the height? The height. It's one of the. It's hard to do at that with yeah. that height. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Drew Brees does it, but I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it with uh, Kyler Murray. I mean, he, yeah, he's going to be able to move around quickly, but you can't just depend on moving around. You got to be able to to stay stay in the box and and throw the ball. Even with DeAndre Hopkins, you're not drinking the Kool Aid. Even with the rushing yards, you're not drinking the Kool Aid. No. No. I'm excited to see it, but I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I think yet. everyone everyone wants to see yeah, what Kyler Murray can do, but no one wants to really uh, put their foot in that door and and bank their fantasy their fantasy season on a five seven or five eight or five two QB. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll go to the tight end position real quick. Mark Andrews, big time Kool Aid guy. ECR tight end three. 2019, he was a tight end four with ten touchdowns. Drinking or not drinking the Kool Aid. I'd have to say I'm drinking it. I, I do like Mark Andrews, although I think... Is it Mark Andrews that's making you drink the Kool-Aid, or is it Lamar Jackson that's making you drink the Kool-Aid by virtue of being tied <laughs> to Mark Andrews? Uh, probably Lamar Jackson has a little bit to do with it, yes. So Mark Andrews in some of these mock drafts, according to the ECR positioning, he's going around the third or fourth round. That's the tough part. I mean... Well, so if you're drinking the Kool-Aid, then you're supporting the draft position. I guess so. I guess I am. Yeah. He's in on Mark Andrews. I'm in on Mark Andrews. I'm in the record from the returning champ. I'm excited to see it. Um, You know, they they lost Hayden Hurst. He's no longer with him. Uh, Lamar Jackson loves throwing to to him. Um, And I think this year as well, Lamar Jackson's going to be throwing more passes. He's not going to be running as much this year. Doesn't get you so pumped just talking about these players and we're in early July. And I can't wait till that. Yeah, man. It's so good. It's so good. Awesome segment on the drinking or not drinking the Kool-Aid. We'll have our spiked Kool-Aid when draft comes around in late August. Yep. So give us any last second kind of draft planning advice. What you got? 
Uh, myself, uh, I'm not like you. I, 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 I don't buy the magazines. Not very many people. No, are. no. So I'm still. I go with listening. You know, all the different podcasts. I, you know, I listen to my podcast. Get on YouTube. Watch those guys, and just on my drive to work, just put it on. Start listening. So, got to be obviously preparing and listening. Um, looking at the analytics behind it. Um, you've talked about analytics, man. Analytics. Um, I think analytics take you so far. In the end. I, I like picking by my gut who I think is going to actually be. Get your guys. Yeah. Because if you draft a guy I've and learned he's not my your guy, anytime the draft comes around and it's your turn and you say to yourself, well, I kind of got to take this guy. You don't kind of got to nope. do anything. No. Nope. Because whenever you do, it ends up backfiring. And you can't have a full plan. I mean, yes, you can have your uh, a strategy that you want to do, but you got to be willing yeah. to bail out on that Get strategy. Flexible. You got to draft the best player available. And, you know, you can't say, okay, I'm going to take two running backs first and then I'm going to get my wide receivers. You know, it's like, okay, take your first running back and then, boom, gotten a wide receiver that can outproduce that's better player than other running backs. Take that wide receiver. So... I'd say go with your gut and uh, also, yeah, just take the best available in that position. Rock on, rock on. Bold predictions for 2020. We've heard a bunch of them that's here. Yours from the defending champion. <sighs> Let's see here. Um, I mean, I, I've hyped up DJ Moore already. Um, I, I think he's going to be. get you and DJ a room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh. Another outbreak, I think, as well, going along with uh, Lamar Jackson, it's uh, Hollywood, Hollywood Brown. Okay. I think he's going to be uh, doing really well this year. Um, you know, again, as I mentioned as well, is... A breakout second-year receiver. Second-year receiver. Um, Lamar Jackson going to be throwing the ball a lot more. I think he's just going to... That's just going to help him out. I mean, he's quick breakaway uh, wide receiver. Once he gets the ball, he can just, boom, get out of there. So I think Hollywood Browns could, could be uh, ending up a uh, high season this year. Good stuff. DJ Moore, Hollywood Brown, you heard it from Cedric. Thanks for coming on. Good catching up, man. Yes, sir. Good catching up, man.